I know you pay attention to the news, but who would be so audacious as to say, quote, about Roman Reigns' leukemia um, treatment? There was an NHL player who had the same thing Roman Reigns had in the 2007 season who did not miss one game. He played every game while on this, and hockey's a pretty damn demanding sport, so everyone's different. He actually said the pill was oral chemotherapy, but I don't think it was. End quote. Eric Bischoff, who would question Roman Reigns' cancer treatment? Douchebag Dave Meltzer. <laughs> you got it! You are good at this. Okay, bonus point. Uh, A little bonus for you. Who came out in defense of Roman Reigns and said this on Twitter? Dave Meltzer is a piece of shit. The fact that you make (laughs) statements about people's health when you have zero knowledge about it is ridiculous. If you do have access to Superstar's personal medical info, that's a huge violation of HIPAA, and I'm sure that's not the case. So shut your mouth. Nia Jax was reading my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you also mentioned that you said Nia Jax was sort of reading your mind as far as the Dave Meltzer thing goes. You're obviously not a fan of his. Is that, I mean, what, what response can we even have to him saying that? I think it's typical of Dave. He can't help himself. You know, he's, he's trying to compete now in a world that's leaving him way, way, way behind. And it appears to me, at least, he's becoming more desperate in saying dumber things and doing dumber things and making a bigger ass of himself now than he ever has, which is kind of hard to imagine. But <laughs> he's, he's accomplishing it. It's like every week, you know, it's whether he's body shaming, you know, Peyton Royce or whether he's questioning Roman Reigns cancer. Uh, prognosis or treatment or, you know, seeing any number of other dumb things just to get attention because there's, look, the internet, social media now, talent like myself, performer talent like myself and so many others who now have their own platforms, whether it's social media or Patreon or YouTube or whatever it may be, a podcast, everybody now has a platform to reach the masses and can talk about facts and truth and what really happened and what didn't. And as a result of that, Dave Meltzer is getting his ass kicked. (laughs) His reaction is to do even bigger and dumber things. So that's my take. Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling is Trash, a nonsensical podcast where we talk about professional wrestling, past, present, and quite possibly the future. You like that, huh? (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, you can follow this show on Twitter at WrestlingB trash and you can also follow on instagram at wrestling is trash if you want to be a part of this show we send you questions in and we'll answer them live as we record you can do that a couple of ways if you're on twitter or instagram use the hashtag wit talk that's w-i-t-t-a-l-k at the end of your questions and whatnot and you can send them in via email to mail at wrestlingistrash.com and if you want to use your voice to get your thoughts out there for your questions you can use the voicemail line at 304-825-5762 once again that is 304-825-5762 uh, returning to the stage um, we got the man the myth the legend which is everybody that comes on here because we haven't had a woman to be on the show yet, uh, Nick Anaselli and Anomaly. What's up? What's going on? Nothing but the ring. I am the man. I am the man who takes off his top and the women's panties drop. 
The legendary anomaly. <laughs> the man with the 21.6 inch, 9.212 centimeter point megalod pythons. <laughs> tis I, tis I. What, what, what's your biceps looking like, Nick? You, what, you got what, about 16 inch pythons? What's going on? <laughs> Who knows? 12 inches. No, I, don't, I have no idea. I've never done that a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, t- I tell you what, I, I, I up my uh, my dumbbell game here. Most recently, I had to go out in the garage and get the old set out, the heavyweights, so I can uh, go ahead and tone up and big up my biceps. I've seen that. You could tell you're you're like you're actually getting results, man. Uh, I don't know if you tried the BFR like I told you, but you're definitely getting results. I can see it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I've I've only been using the twenty pound dumbbells just to get a little cut and a little pump in the morning because I only do my workouts in the morning before I go to work. But I've had a schedule change, so now I go to work in the morning and in the afternoon I'm gonna start doing my workouts or whatnot. So this allows me more time to strategize and pick my my workouts that I'm gonna do. And now I got the big boy weights. I got the thirty fives, and uh, they're big boys for me because I haven't been working out in a long time. So about to mass up, baby. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we got a couple things that we're going to touch on today. Uh, No women, because my wife is downstairs sitting on the couch, so I can't touch on that. But we got some uh, things coming up here pretty soon, specifically WrestleMania weekend, which has been announced by TMZ and um, the Hollywood Insider that your boy B-Rob will be attending WrestleMania this year up there in Newark, New Jersey area. So, I'm excited Woo! about that. Yeah, and I get to see my man Nick up there. What has been about, like, what, three years? <laughs> Is he still there? Did he die? Is Nick, Is Nick there? Nick? Is Nick gone? The Nick, Nick the dick. Nope, I'm here. I'm here. What, did you go take a shit? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I texted you real quick. I had to talk to my mom quick. It was a, I had to meet you for like a second or two. God damn it! I had this this big build up and everything. The, the I had a oh, le- uh, yeah, we're going to mania and stuff and hanging out. And <laughs> okay, and yeah. Pizza. All right, you done took all my um, all my hype and just damn stomped on it or whatever. You gave it to people's elbow and shit. <laughs> I'm a heel. I'm a heel. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, man, been about three years since I seen you in person, right? Last time I actually saw you was the day I got promoted to sergeant. You just retired and you stuck around for my promotion. Yeah, that's the only reason I stayed. Yeah, because that's what boys do. I'm lying. I actually stayed because I had a couple extra days I couldn't leave yet, but I like to say that's what <laughs> I yeah, stayed that's for. Not, now you're the heel. Now you're the heel. <laughs> yeah, to take my heat back, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to um, be out there running around. Um, I'm a, I found some local podcasters. And, well, I haven't found them. I knew they were there. It's not like I was just like, hey, motherfucker, I'm coming. Are you local to the area? No, I knew they were there already. So I got some uh, podcasters that I'm going to meet up with there. We're going to probably do some recordings. I got another service member that I went to my last deployment, went to Afghanistan with. He lived 20 minutes from the airport, so I'll probably be hooking up with him. Goddamn, it's a whole bunch of shit's going to be popping off, baby. And I'm going to have video footage and recordings and whatnot, and we're going to make it a fun time. And fireball. You gotta go to a Walmart, dude. You gotta go to Walmart. I, dog, it's already oh, yeah. in the That's plans. That's hundred percent happening. It's already in the plans. It's already in the plans. Exactly. 
soon as I get off he the plane. He already has the one in his calendar. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I do. I already do. So, yeah. But speak, speaking of WrestleMania and all this stuff, and I'll be there. We'll have fun. If you see me, I'll give you a crisp high five. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Well, what's this I, I stuff? I, we, we. When I say I, I mean you too, because you're going to be there. It's just like I, as in I'm telling people who are listening that I'm going to be there with you. So, yeah. 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 Are you, are you trying to like Marty Janetti here, man? Or are you just like trying to break up the team already? Yeah, man, look, you trying to you trying to put yeah, me through the barbershop yeah. window and shit. Hey, I hey, I make I make one wrong turn. I'm I'm I make one wrong turn. Now I'm now he's the mega heel. <laughs> man, man you're gonna super kick, kick me, when me I, through the glass. Just kick me through the glass. You're gonna super kick your ass. And and then he'll say, I glass. do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that was that was another thing. That was another common misconception about that whole moment. A lot of people thought he got super kicked through the glass. Nah, he just pushed him through. Nah, he threw him through, and it actually did knock Janetti out cold. And he's really never been the same since, from what I understand. Mm. Like he, he's kind of out there. I mean, but he's cool as fuck, man. Like he's like my favorite person to follow on Facebook. His fucking stories are hilarious. Yeah. And from what uh, from what Josh Baroni said, even though he told me never to mention him on here again, oh, because of the because of the jinx, which we're gonna get into that too. But uh, he said that Janetti is the coolest motherfucker on the planet to hang out with. He's done kicked it with him a few times. But I mean, on Facebook, this dude's hilarious. But uh, the jinx that we're talking about is the last time I was on this podcast. I talked about Luke Perry and oh. King Kong Bundy. And they both died. Oh, God damn. Yes. Right. <laughs> both of them fucking died. Oh. Hey, hey. You know. might be a bigger heel than Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Man. But I'm, You're a big but, heel I mean, Rob. dude, that's fucked up. Man, that fucked me up, dude. That's like a Matrix glitch or something. Because, like, I'm sitting there singing King Kong Bundy's praises on on this podcast. Then the podcast airs, and three days later, Bundy's dead, man. I'm like, no. Man. What the fuck, so dude? So, so, what so you, we're not going to talk about Kofi Kingston hopefully winning the title at Mania. Yeah, right, yeah, we're not talking about that at all. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Even though that was a huge thing I wanted to talk about, I don't think we need to talk about it. <laughs> well, no, see, we have to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, well see, see here, I believe it's just damn... He said once the episode aired, so we have a lot of. I'll, I'll make sure this one airs after Mania. So if he does die, you'll at least be champion. <laughs> no, at least at least after Tuesday, because you know they got that gauntlet match going on SmackDown and Vince McMahon. Just we'll get into unless you want to get jump into Kofi right now. I already I already got a couple speculations. Well, go ahead. Let's let's kick it. I'm, I'm, I I don't know. Like I know it's all the heels that he's facing, but they have nothing yet for Mania. Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens and I I could see them honestly leaving Mustafa which I think would be dumb of Mania mm-hmm. in general I don't see them leaving Kevin Owens somehow out of Wrestlemania nah they're not reason. leaving Owens that's what I'm saying I don't think so and I want this to be a one-on-one match but I guess I'm say don't don't say I didn't call it but I wouldn't be surprised if this somehow ends up a triple threat or a fatal four-way mm-hmm. <sighs> oh I think it would be a better match if it was one on one. I think that um, the casual fan, not, yeah, I mean, like the casual fan. Don't get me wrong. Maybe the casual fan is not aware of how great Kofi Kingston is in the ring, but I mean, the guy is one of the, the top performers in the world. He has been since day one. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Even when they kicked yep. him with that, that lame Eddie Gordo ass gimmick, he still made it work. <laughs> I mean, but For years. Yes, but the problem is, is honestly, Vince McMahon doesn't see the star power in Kofi for some reason. He really doesn't. He's trying to turn the fact that he doesn't into a damn gimmick because he realizes Kofi's so damn old. So I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it's going to be Mustafa Ali per se because even though Mustafa Ali is a great performer and I do see a, a bright future ahead of this dude, he did not get much of a pop when they put him into that three-way for the yeah, world title. He didn't get yeah, much. He didn't. Nope. He did not get much of a pop at all. But um, kudos to Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan put on one hell of a performance in that match. Um, Got that but yeah, I don't. Chest again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the the hamburger chest. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, but, the hamburger uh, chest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see them putting Mustafa Ali in a in a WrestleMania title match. I just maybe Kevin Owens. Yeah, I could see that, but nah, not Mustafa Ali. They're gonna they're gonna probably try to build him up with a mid level title. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and then see where it goes from there. I remember, I don't know if Rob remembers, but it, I think maybe on the Fastlane uh, podcast, I think we did, mm-hmm. we were saying we think we thought it was going to be a big United States title match in like a ladder match or something at Mania. Yeah. But now with all these John Cena speculations, like that, unless, and even if it's not John Cena, they keep doing this R Truth, Andrade, friggin' Mysterio, and Joe thing. So that might be a fatal four way. So it's like, I'm just confused as of right now where KO and Ali are going into Mania. Yeah. And then we had the speculation yeah. uh, we had the speculation before of uh if Ali hadn't been hurt, he would have been where Kofi is this whole time. I mean, do we still feel the same way oh, in yeah. hindsight? That was yeah, the plan. He definitely that was would've. the plan. Yeah. Yeah, it, he definitely would have. It's it's um but see that that's the thing. Vince does not believe in Kofi. And that goes into the fact that He's not even a closet racist. Vince McMahon is a damn racist. Let's just be real here. Oh, and I mean, if you want, you want more proof positive. You should listen to some of the damn promos he let slide through in the early eighties, dude. I'm talking about some of the most racist stuff you ever hear in your life. There's this one interview, a promo that Greg Valentine cut on Junkyard Dog. He might as well have been the Grand Wizard at a clan rally. I mean, he just, it was, you dirty, greasy, black man. I mean, you can YouTube this shit. If this big man let this shit go on the air. If I was JYD, so this, uh, man, I would have busted that old man's jaw open. So is this my uh, Go the Fuck Home segment for Vince McMahon, since we're just talking about it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Might I mean as well I'm be just pointing real. out the obvious. I'm, I'm yeah. pointing out the obvious. I mean, it, it's obvious. There's been so many African-Americans who deserved a world title push, mm-hmm. who deserved to be in world title matches, who are top-notch talent, and Vince McMahon would not give them jack shit. Yeah, and I think one of the... Um, besides, besides besides Kofi, who was like the, the biggest, like the last closest to being a WWE champion, like with a push like this? Like we said, Booker T won the world heavyweight, mm-hmm. but who's the, who's the last like African-American wrestler to be in the WWE picture and actually have a chance, like, wow, is he going to be the one? Well, I'm not going to say the well, last one, but um, it was going around at the time that Ahmed Johnson was on track to be WWE champion. Yeah. 
he he should have been. And that was bullshit. That regardless of how I feel about Terry Norris, the person, because he, he's a dickhead, uh, Ahmed Johnson, the character, he, there was no one more over back then. He was the most over guy in the whole damn company. He deserved the world title push. He deserved the world title, and he didn't get jack shit. Um, but yeah. you can you can go on to um, Ron Simmons or Farouk when he yeah. first came in. Mm-hmm. He, he was up there, and this was a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Yep, first and, NWA champion yep. too, right? I think he yeah, was the first well, African American NWA. Or W, it was WCW, WCW. I believe, because he because he beat Vader for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, when he came in, he had all the push in the world in the nation of domination. They were over. They were super over, dude. I remember going oh, to a yeah. damn house show when when I was a teenager. Whoa, whoa, and whoa, the nation whoa, of domination whoa, whoa, came whoa. out. Well, hold on. So you were that kid in that iconic video with the big ass glasses nah. putting the fists up in there? <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. But what I was getting to is I went to this I went to a house show. Just this one in particular. And the Nation of Domination came out. Everyone in the damn crowd got up and like put their fist up in the air saluting the nation. I mean, they was over. And you had Farouk at the top of the heap at that time. He didn't get a world title push. He didn't even get the damn Intercontinental title. It wasn't, he didn't win gold in the WWE until they hooked him up with good old boy Bradshaw and, yeah. and the, you know, the Acolyte Acolytes. They had to hook him up with a good old boy first. Um, let, me, let me ask you guys this. I've yeah, been thinking about this as of late. So I've been reading, I've, and we all probably speculated or read on it or heard of it, that for a while now, Big E was supposedly getting this big push. Have we all ever heard that? Mm-hmm. I've I've yes. heard that for a long so, time. So do you think now I heard they don't want to break up the new day, but if they did, do you think now might be the time? Not like now, now, now. But think about it. If they wanted to give Big E a push, what if yes. like Big E talked like Kofi out or made Kofi lose the title? I don't think they would do it at Mania. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd ruin that moment. But like do you see this do you think this could speculate somehow into a Big E Kofi match for the title? Well, see how I, I, how I, like I feel. Yeah, how I feel about the new day is is like, I mean, this is how I feel about it. I believe they should never like heal bad guy breakup. They should just be a mutual thing. I they agree. all, I mean, because that's that's how they are portrayed on TV. That you know, regardless of who gets the title shots or whatever, I mean, they're still gonna be a, a friends or a unit or whatever. And they should just keep that the way it is. It'd be like, hey. Big E decided he want to try to go for a title opportunity, you know, here, and we we're going to be, we're going to have his back. We're going to support him however we can. And, you know, that's just what it is. They should never be like, it should never be like a shield breakup or some motherfucker hit him in the back with a chair or yeah. some shit. None, nothing. I don't like see that. it happening for one of the reasons. If you follow, they, the New Day does a lot of big WWE public relations stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They do a lot. And as it and, and as it's been discussed on many yeah as it's been discussed on many other wrestling podcasts or whatever um, that would be cool for one of them to win in a new day ruled free bird that shit you know <laughs> that would be I neat cool. uh, I think it'd be cool if Kofi just won the title and then Big E like when's the last time you've seen like a stable run a show like I think the NWO pretty, you know pretty cool if the, if the new day has yeah. the title and the WWE. 
I don't think they did um, that in most recent years in a long time, you know? Just have no, it, it, it closest might have been the closest might have been what, recently in NXT when they had Adam Cole had the North American yeah. title and the other guys had the tag teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you know the thing the thing is about this is I see a lot of repetitive booking in WWE right now. So I would not no. be surprised if right they now? did have yeah, I see a lot of repetitive booking. Like this is you like everything say. I'm seeing right now is old storylines. You really? This is I'll break it down to you, bro. <laughs> this whole thing with Kofi right now is the Daniel Bryan storyline redone. Yeah, that's the, yeah, the in comparisons. A way, in a yeah. way, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and mix it with the Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff with Becky Lynch. This yeah. is all been redone. It's all recycled bullshit right now. So I would not be yeah. surprised if like Big E switches up on Kofi after Kofi wins the title and, and busts his ass with a chair one good time and they put Xavier Woods in the middle of it and you know, it let it build up like that. I would not be surprised about that. Um I don't want to see it happen. I think there'd be grounds for a great feud there. They could be friendship versus friendship, you know, Big E challenges Kofi for the title, you know, face versus face. I would love to see that. Well uh, shit, I mean that, that, I definitely yeah, that can be kind of like how um, what Roman Reigns did before, he, you know, when he won a universal title. He was just like, he went straight to Finn Balor. He was like, hey, man, this and this and this, and, you know, you you would do a title shot or whatever. I'm going to give you one. And it could be the same thing with the New Day. He's like, hey, you my boys. You always have my back. And I want to gift you to both an opportunity for a heavyweight title shot. You know, there you go. I would love that. You know, I would you know love what that. else I'm honestly, did you guys happen to catch SmackDown this week? Good. You know, uh, really, somewhat. What I'm really looking forward to going in mania just after that one promo, Styles and Orton. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good match. Uh, 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 I thought that was. I thought even though Orton did kind of botch it a little because he like messed up one wording, like got his tongue twisted. But overall, I give that an A plus promo. He killed it. Like I thought it was pretty cool how we like went through the years, like. 2005, I was facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and you were with Dixie Carter down in Florida, or this, this. Like, I thought that was actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like it, though, because I think I don't think Randy Orton has the path, but you know how they always say AJ Styles is SmackDown the house he built or whatever. Orton was kind of proving a point. Like, nah, motherfuckers, this is my shit. You, you gotta pay the rent, bitch. Like, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I thought that was the perfect promo for that storyline. Yeah, I like it, too. Um, that's They've wrestled before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think too many people remember it, but it was actually a great match. Orton, Orton and, and Styles are both experts at their craft, and they know how to play off the crowd. That is going to be a show stealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would pay you know very close rest- attention you, to that. You, when did they uh, go at it? I'd like to try to find that online. It's, it was right around the yeah. beginning of Styles' tenure at WWE. I believe it was actually on TV. Yeah, it was a SmackDown, yeah. I believe. Um, that was the match. I think AJ went for uh, fake the um, phenomenal form or whatever, and he missed the um, RKO spot. Yeah, yeah that's so you the know one thing I'm yeah. worried about. You think we're? Yeah, I think Orton's gonna win because I honestly think Orton's gonna hit Styles with an RKO when he's going for the forearm. Well, he so already did it. Once. And I'm so tired. Of, I'm tired of that. Gosh, I'm so. I love Orton. Man, there was a point in time in the early 2000s when I said he was the greatest wrestler I'd ever seen in my life. I love Orton, but I'm so sick of his RKO out of nowhere WrestleMania moment. I hate him Like the one he did on Rollins 
That was the best one of all time. Yeah, of all time. Greatest one ever. No, but see, what I'll say is I know Styles Orton did it to Styles. I think it was in the Elimination Chamber match. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. But, like, it wasn't good, though. Like, he caught him and then... Like, he I want to see him, him, like, flying in midair and catch him, you know? Yeah, he did it uh, DDP style. He grabbed him while he was on the ropes, and he just kind of walked out and dropped him. Yeah, no, like, I'm trying to see Orton, like, just get up and slam him. Mm-hmm. I want to see in my AJ Styles do In my opinion, I really don't care who wins the match. Obviously, Styles could use it more for his career. Mm-hmm. But I think Styles began to the point where he resigns. I think he's going to have a schedule soon before you know it, like Orton's. Yeah. Like around yeah. the big thing, but not around all the time. I see AJ Styles doing that really soon. He should too. He should. Well, neither one well, of them honestly need the win. Like Styles, if you really think about it, he really doesn't need to be on that mania. Nah, and, but you know another thing is is apparently uh, Orton's been talking to AEW. Ooh, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's been the rumor. Legit that is. I I heard it straight from the horse's mouth. I heard Orton said it himself that he's been speaking to AEW. Ooh. So, yeah, I, you, you know. Think, do you think he'll do it? Because I remember I was hearing things, too, about Batista talking to AEW. Yeah. And then he kind of swapped to himself, I, pretty much saying, like, yo, if I'm going to wrestle, it's going to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just I like, think Batista just wants that last. Yeah, go ahead. I still think that might happen. I really do think that might happen. Who do you see a better chance of going to AEW, Brock or Orton? Brock. Because uh, money talks with him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I believe it might be Orton if I had to pick between the two. Because I believe once Brock is done with WWE proper, he's just going to go the fuck on and do whatever the hell he is he want to do. I, you know what I was thinking about Brock recently? I'm going to be real. Because you already know Heyman's going to induct him. But I'm honestly going to be really curious to hear Lesnar's Hall of Fame induction because you know he's going to be a headliner when he goes in. Yeah, I, I want to hear that motherfucker speech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, because he, he talked about, remember after his last UFC fight, he talked about how, like, everyone, no matter of race or anything, needs to act together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really curious what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I'm waiting to see the Undertaker. It'll be different. If he oh, never yeah. came back in 2012 and got inducted, it'd probably be a good normal one because, like, when he was around the first time, like, he was a good character for the most part. He wasn't what he is now. Like, I can't picture Lesnar saying much about getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I believe he's been around this current run longer than he has his previous run, correct? Yeah, he was only around yeah. for, like, a year and a half. He debuted in 2002 and left at Mania in 2004. He wasn't even there a solid two years. He just came in and instantly was at top. Mm. Yeah, I, was, I actually so. got the, the, the privilege of seeing him come up in the ranks at OVW. He was here in the territory. He actually lived here. Um, so I actually got to see him and um, Shelton Benjamin as the Minnesota stretching crew and and all that good stuff. Uh it's been an interesting ride watching his career blossom into what it is to him being one of the biggest draws ever in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, he can make the argument that he is the greatest full contact athlete to ever live. He can really make that argument. And I tell you what, uh, I, t- I tell you what. I say it, I say it all the time. I say it constantly. I think Brock Lesnar is the baddest dude on the planet. And, and I'll tell you this. Yeah, and he's a gun enthusiast too. That's even worse. He can shoot guns. Yeah, I tell you, I tell God. you this right off top though. But like, 
we've seen many of athletes of many different sizes, uh, you know, with many freaking um, skills and feats of agility or whatnot. But I will continually continually say that Brock Lesnar, when he could do it, when he was doing it, has had the best shooting star press of all time. Yeah. Uh, imagine, if he, imagine if imagine if he did that in the match against Rollins. Man, it's crazy when you see Shane McMahon do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean Mantle's it's good. it's pretty cool, but I wouldn't say it was the greatest. I mean it's pretty cool to watch to watch a big motherfucker like him do it. And I and I think uh, that's the only thing about it that makes me say that it's just because it's his big ass that was doing it. You know, it's just like the look yeah. of that big dude doing that move made it look fucking awesome. But see, I've heard I've heard different things about Brock. I've heard. Yeah, he works his shitty schedule that us the fans hate because that Universal title's already went to shit, and I really don't see it getting back up there to being important. It's going to take a while. But I heard when he is there, like, he is, like, yeah, he's antisocial. I don't think he really talks to anyone. Kind of curious who he does talk to when he is there. But I heard he's pretty passionate, though, about, like, when he is there. Like, I heard he actually gives a shit about the matches. It's not like he just shows up, all right, I'm doing this, and then leaves. Like, I heard he is kind of passionate about what he does. Yeah. I've heard the same thing, and that's why he kind of um, he kind of petitioned to have that match with uh, AJ Styles. Like he really pushed that. That was actually his idea. And, and this he, is the he thing. Thought AJ would have been the but this is the thing about yeah, it. Yeah, he. But this is the thing. The about only it. two complaints. The only two complaints I ever heard about Brock was I heard from multiple people, multiple sources. The match he had with Ambrose at Mania in Dallas, he was lazy. He didn't give a shit about because I don't think he cared about it. And then obviously yeah. we probably all saw the WWE 24 special from last year's Mania when he threw the title at McMahon. I don't know if it's that was funny. like how the match came out or if it was because he, the crowd wasn't reacting to it. I don't know what it was, but he was pissed off. So you see it on camera, he threw the title at McMahon. Yeah, it was a contractual dispute. Okay, but um, another thing about that too as well. Um, can we bring? Can we blame Brock Lesnar for his schedule? No, because no, damn, you can't. No, they just shouldn't have. They just that's WWE's fault for having the title on him. Because I don't think Brock's like I'm going to be the champion, or else I'm not signing. No, it's just like all right. If a motherfucker came to me with millions of dollars and was like, "Hey, man, we don't need you to work these days, these days, and these days," or even if your management finagled that schedule for you, I'm gonna be like, "Hell yeah!" I mean, I can get all this money and I ain't got to show up all the time. You fucking right, I'm gonna do that shit, regardless it's if I'm yeah. passionate I or just, not passionate I about just it. Wish every year. I just wish every year around Mania, he actually kind of gave a little bit of a fuck because, like, look at this year going into Mania. Him and Rollins have been face-to-face once. And I was honestly amped as fuck for that match. And I still am because Rollins is my favorite on the roster. But I think that's the only reason why I'm so still amped for it. But if you think about it, like, that match has no hype. Like, I'm really curious what they're going to do with these next three rods to really hype and get people into this match. And um, I think that's the whole point, though, is they're keeping him off to hype people up to the fact that Rollins keeps on bringing in that he's the hardest working man on the roster and Brock never fucking shows up. I think that's the whole ideal they're trying to put behind it, and that's why he ain't really built it up. And um, speaking of building things up, we have uh, our fourth combatant in this uh, Fatal 4-Way. We have the returning King Ajar on the line with us right now. Hey, there he hey, is. What's up? Yeah. Hey, what's up? Welcome what's to the on? ring, sir. Welcome to the ring. All right. I, I see you guys are talking about Brock Lesnar, so um, 
I was just entertained by the conversation, but I will add my two cents. Please do. Wrestling fans, yeah, can you hear me? Wrestling fans get mad at him for his negotiation skills, but, you know, any of us, if we were able to work less and get more yes, and get all of the perks of a private jet, $600,000 per appearance, like there have been Raws where they brought him in, kept him backstage, and he's gotten paid 600000 They didn't even put him on camera. And, and, and you have to give Vince, you have to blame Vince because Vince still looks at Brock Lesnar as this like amazing top draw. And I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He really isn't anymore. Um, he used to be, but he isn't anymore. Yeah. But that's Vince's fault for not building new stars. And, you know, understanding that he has such a hardcore fan base now that the fans that have left that are, that are remaining, are not interested in Brock Lesnar or even to a lesser degree, Ronda Rousey. They want the stars of the company to be the stars, like the ones who go there every week, Russell House shows. That's what the fans want. But he exactly. had that belief that Brock Lesnar... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, not even just that, though. Like I think that the, the fans, like us fans, I think we're over the big guys. Like, big dudes wrestling. Like, I think, obviously, I think, for the most part, I think everyone likes Braun Strowman, and he is talented because he's still the cool shit, but I feel like those days of the dudes like The Big Show, Mark Henry, Ryback, all those days were over. You gotta see all these dudes They've like been Alex over. Black, Rick, yeah, Alex yeah. Black, Ricochet, yeah. Rollins, those are your draws now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You could put Ricochet right now, Ricochet, he's a, he could be a top draw, all they gotta do is build him up for the for the average fan so they could see how phenomenal this guy is. I mean, and his promo. He could use a little promo work. I think he's still good on the mic, but now, uh, yeah, well, he was he was in the Indies. He didn't really have to do too many promos. Yeah, his exactly. talent spoke for now, we, we uh, speak about. Oh, you! I know. I know you love Ricochet. He a Kentucky boy. Yeah. So I know I, you love Ricochet. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell, King Ricochet, definitely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we we speak about promo I, I like, I like, promos and everything. I like Ricochet because he's an Eagle fan, but that's another story for another day. Oh, fascinating, baby. <laughs> We we speak, we we, we <laughs> so, speaking about uh uh Brock Lesnar and promos and all these other things or whatnot. I'm not cashing in, but uh, <laughs> what what do we think about the fate of Ronda Rousey? There's been speculation that after Mania she might be going away for a little Fuck bit. And, that bitch. Okay, okay, very well. See, I don't. Uh, if she I mean, leaves, I mean, if she leaves, she leaves. I think it was her fault why all this happened because she came. I do too. And, and I, I don't blame her, though. She came in as a fan. She wanted no special treatment. So obviously, they were going to make her the champ and all that. But she's around too much. She needs to be around maybe a little more than Brock. But she's on Raw. Uh, I really you know what I mean? Like my person. She's talking the business to me. Well, go ahead. Go, go so, ahead and expand so about saying, that. No, no, sorry. So, so what you're saying is you think that she needs to be more of a special attraction than a every week on TV every week participant. My thoughts on Ronda Rousey are this. I, if, I, if the WWE were really honest with itself, I don't think they got the return on investment of what they paid her. Because I, I think the women before her were hot as it is. And mm-hmm. they, were, they were able to move TV ratings and they were able to sell merchandise and they were able to do all the things that they want the women's division to do. And I think Ronda Rousey was supposed to come in and be like this, this like Michael Jordan type player who's just going to like blow this glass ceiling. And the reality is 
you know, Ronda Rousey is probably not even the hottest thing on her own brand, let alone, you know, obviously Becky's the hottest thing in the company, but yep. I mean, from what I read on, of house shows that, you know, that Ronda Rousey's on now that, you know, the Boston hug are getting way more cheers than she is even before she turned to become a heel. So they, there's so many women on the roster that the fans cheer for more than Rousey anyway, that, you know, I don't think she, I don't think the WWE got what they wanted out of her. Unless you believe the rumors that Fox wouldn't have signed the WWE deal unless Ronda Rousey was attached to it because they, she drew so much money for Fox. But if, if you take that deal away, she's been kind of a flop. I mean, I think actually in the ring, she's exceeded expectations. Yeah. But as a draw, yeah. I think she has, she hasn't delivered. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Well, yeah. When Ronda, when she, when Ronda first debuted at the Rumble. I remember watching it, and that night, like 10 minutes after the Rumble, I bought her shirt. I was like, yo, hell yeah, Ronda Rousey and WWE is going to be kicked. Her mic I did the exact opposite. Her ring work has gotten way better. It's Except just, for damn like near said, killing Dana Brooke. Like now, yeah, now, yeah, now when she was first coming up on Raw every once in a while, I'd get amped. Now when I'm sitting on the couch watching Raw, and it's like Ronda Rousey versus this, I'm like, oh, Ronda Rousey's on TV. Mm-hmm. Now um, I wouldn't piss on her for Jones Wildfire. There's there's a dirty little secret that, that WWE like tries to avoid now that um if you go back two years ago, I think twenty sixteen is the year, you know, when, when Sasha and Charlotte had their feud, they actually outdrew anything Ronda's done on T V on Raw. Mm-hmm. Anything oh, Ronda yeah. Rousey has done, that they got better they got higher ratings. And they actually main evented the pay-per-view already, which, you know, it's funny. They, they pretend like that didn't happen because they're like, oh, this is going to be the first time the women are going to pay, may, you know, main event a pay-per-view. And they're attributing they it to Ronda Rousey. Right. They had their own pay-per-view. So I think for Ronda Rousey, it was a good, um, like I would, if I were WWE, I would have signed her to like the year deal and then, you know, see how it went and then go from there. But they signed her to a three-year deal. So what's going to happen is she's going to go away. She's going to probably start her family. She'll come back. She'll be like a, a special presentation, a special character. But after like a summer, but like here's a the thing that I'm afraid that. of. I don't think they're going to beat her at WrestleMania. I think Charlotte's taking the fall. Oh, and yeah. 100%. The only reason I, I think. Yeah. I agree. yeah but, but then yeah. to me, the payoff is useless because. I've been wanting to see Becky beat Ronda for nine mo- or eight months or whatever it is. And now the payoff is going to be, she beat Charlotte who she's beaten for the last seven months on TV all the time. That's not really a good payoff for me for mania. And that's yeah, a little bit of a disappointment. I think what they're going to do is I bet you Ronda, Ronda seems very humble and very like a team player. I bet you if Ronda's like, yeah, Becky can tap me out. Like that's totally fine. WWE is like, absolutely not. No way in hell. Like, I don't think that's Becky's call. I mean, Ronda's call. I think mean, if that happens, that's all Vince's You really think there. Ronda Rousey is humble? You need to look at her background. She's an egomaniac fucking bitch. That is no, no. Hell no. Dude, I laugh every time that bitch got potatoes. Okay? Every time she got hit with the kendo stick, every time that bitch got hit with the with the crutch, I've watched her get her teeth kicked in a million times on replay by Holly Holm. Fuck that bitch, okay? She's nothing but a stat pattern. She's a fucking equivalent of Floyd Mayweather. She picked and chose who she fought, 
in order to get quick victories over people who weren't on her level, and she ducked Cyborg for fucking years because she knew Cyborg would tap that ass. Okay? Fuck Ronda Rousey, okay? She did more harm to this business. I think that part of that little interview bullshit she did, I think... I think originally, I think she really did the shit on purpose, and now they're trying to twist it around and saying that it was it was a work. I don't believe it was originally a work. I think now they're trying to take the Austin Aries route, like Aries did when he gave um, uh, Johnny Mundo the finger and didn't sell the you know the pin and all that. Yeah. Now they're trying to twist it into a to a work shoot. No, I think this bitch really went off because it affected her ego because she was mad that Becky was hotter than her. Well, damn. Uh, that was a um, caveat. Mic. To- Just stop the mic. Yeah, that stop was. The mic. Yeah, that was. That was, uh, that was. That was very real. Um, the thing about Rousey is, it's like in anything else. Like, she was, you know, the hottest thing in MMA, and then when she fought somebody like a Holly Holm or Amanda Nunez, and I ordered every Rousey fight I seen every one of her MMA fights, so I was always like a person who watched her before she got to WWE. And the funny thing too. is, you know, she got she got so like the, the gentleman just said, she got full of herself because if you go watch the Holly Home fight, and I'm going into MMA here, she thought she could outbox a world champion boxer in kickboxing. Yeah, right. And she got <laughs> knocked out, right? Yeah, destroyed. Because she didn't, she want she should have really tried to take her down and do the whole judo thing, but she didn't. Then Amanda Nunez now. You know, Cyborg is a badass, but we saw what kind of a badass Amanda Nunez was because she knocked Cyborg out. And well, Cyborg, I mean, she put Ro- yeah, yeah, she 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 put Ronda Rousey to sleep in forty seconds, right? Amanda Nunez with ease, and with ease. And again, it was another one of those arrogant situations of somebody saying, "You know what? I can just go in. I don't have to train." Boom! I, I, she was in good shape for that fight, but you know, she got her ass kicked. Um, getting back to what mm-hmm. you were talking about. You know, when it comes to WWE, look, if you know anything about Ronda Rousey, you read anything, you read her book, she is a very sensitive person. And she loved when people, like when wrestling fans cheered her at the Royal Rumble, she was like almost in tears because she couldn't believe how much they embraced her and they loved her. When they turned on her, just like in MMA, she can't deal with it. She's very, very Mm -hmm. thin-skinned. And that's who she is. I mean, if you read her book, she cannot, like, she almost committed suicide when she lost to Holly Holm. Like, she almost killed herself. Because she's almost killed she herself at least three think. times that I know of. Yeah, and, yeah, and there was a couple other times she almost killed herself. But this is, like, after she became, you know, very wealthy, very famous. And it's like, it's not good enough that she's really going to be credited with breaking women's MMA into the national mainstream. But she has to go undefeated, she has to have all that. And I think same thing with WWE, like... They loved her. They bought her T-shirts. They embraced her. They were cheering for her. And then, yeah, but then they kept putting her against women who have really big fan bases, and I think that's another mistake. They put her against Bliss. Then they put her against Nikki Bella. Then they put her against Sasha. All they're going to do is tear the audience apart because those are women who already have a lot of wrestling fans. And so they don't want to see, like, I was, you know, I was at the Rumble, and, you know, there was, it was 75-25 Sasha for Ronda, like in terms of crowd cheers. And the only reason I, yeah. I don't think it was more is because everybody knew Rousey was going to win the match. So nobody actually thought, oh, she's going she's gonna to lose. But the surprise of that match was she didn't tap out, right? Like that match was the only match where Ronda pinned somebody because 
you know, and there's a backstage story to that. And, and I'll break news here for you, Rob, because, you know, you're my guy and everything. So I know somebody who works in WWE. And this, this is the truth. Originally, the Royal Rumble was supposed to be Charlotte against Ronda Rousey because it was going to be Becky against Ronda Rousey in WrestleMania. That's what everybody wanted. Yeah. But because they were, they knew Ronda Rousey was leaving, they wanted to get Charlotte in the match because they wanted to make two women of theirs main event instead of one. So, you know, Vince, Ronda Rousey went to Vince and said, I got to have a match with Sasha Banks before I leave because she's my favorite wrestler and she is Ronda Rousey's favorite wrestler. And Sasha said, no, I don't want to do it because I'm going to lose. And I want to focus on the tag belt thing with Bailey. So why am I being broken apart from that to fight Rousey, then go back to tag team? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And Vince really went said, look, if you do me this favor, you know, you can book the tag belts the way you want to book it. And I'll make sure that, you know, when it's time for you to get a singles run, you'll get it as a heel. So I guess Sasha said the only way I'll do the match is if I don't take the arm bar. I have to get pinned. And that's the only way I'll do the match. And that's the true story, that she wouldn't submit to Ronda Rousey. She would only take the pinfall off because she was kind of like, all we're doing is making her just so she can leave. What's the point? Like, why would we do that, right? And that's kind of what the story was. So it wasn't really supposed to be Sasha and Ronda Rousey. It was actually supposed to be Charlotte. And they changed it because they wanted Charlotte in the main event because they knew Ronda Rousey was leaving. So that's some breaking news yeah. for everybody there. Yeah, That honestly all makes 100% sense. Now, <laughs> I, yeah, I'd, I'd already heard that, actually. I, but, um... Let's, I, you know, this is the thing. I think Ronda has did more to hurt this division than anything. Uh, and I know if she, if she ever by chance fell, fell into this and heard this, she's probably, oh my gosh, I'm gonna kill myself. Get the fuck out of here, bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna be real here. In NXT, I've seen Becky Lynch and Sharp and Sasha Banks put on a damn clinic when they were in NXT. One of the most brilliant wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life, male or female. They came into the WWE, and the women's division is was actually the hottest thing going for the longest. The only thing that is keeping the women's division the hottest thing right now is Becky Lynch. Ronda did more to back push it than she ever did to bring it forward. I mean, because everybody knew, oh, it's Ronda Rousey. They're going to keep pushing her. They're going to keep pushing her. Right. She's going to keep on winning. She's going to keep on winning. I got two the things. Bitch it's damaged. I got two things. All right. So I, got, I, I don't. Hope, okay, go ahead, Rob. I, I have something to add to that. Yeah, go ahead. I got two things. Would they? <laughs> this is all over the place too, so I don't really care how how it is. Do you feel if they could swung could have swung it, it would have been better for them to acquire Gina Carano rather than Ronda Rousey? No. Okay. Very well. No, no. Ronda Rousey is a much bigger. Star. All right. Very, very well. Very well. And two, would do you think it would have might it might have been better if Ronda Rousey would have went down to NXT then came up to the main roster? Mm, no, because no. she she makes too much money. She makes too much money. You you can't pay somebody like eight million dollars a year and put her in NXT. That just throws off like selling out two hundred seat house shows like. That's just, she's, I mean, she lives in Orlando and she's always at the performance center, but I wanted to add to the whole 
you know, Becky has, I mean, Ronda has done more harm than good for the division. I actually do agree with that, but I think there's also wait, wait, another on, person. Real quick, real quick, actually, because you seem like you know a lot backstage. How much does Ronda make? I never knew what her contract was. You guys all might know. I just don't know. How much does she make? So, I had okay, here, here's how, here's how, here's how WWE contracts work, and, and I do know something about this. So, they get what's called a downside guarantee. So if you work the minimum amount of dates on your contract, which is 120 dates, you get this salary guaranteed. That is aside from merchandise money, pay-per-view, I mean, not pay-per-view, uh, house show bonuses, um, uh, t- ticket sales, all that other stuff. So Ronda Rousey's downside guarantee means if she just shows up, 120 days, or not even her, hers is 60 days. 60 days a year, she gets 1.5 million. But every Raw she works, every house show she works, every pay-per-view she works, she makes more money on top of that. So overall, her money is about 7 to 8 million a year. Brock Lesnar's making about 12. You know, like a Roman Reigns makes about 6. So, so Ronda Rousey, it's Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Ronda Rousey. Those are the three highest paid um, WWE superstars. Word. She ain't hurt. Yeah. She got a Kevin Nash contract. <laughs> yeah. But what I, was, what I was trying to say is I actually think there's two women who have hurt the women's division. And I'm going to kind of draw this out so you guys can understand where I'm coming from. I think Ronda Rousey is one. And I actually think whether we want to admit it or not, Charlotte's the other one. Mm. Because yep. and here's why I say that. Here's why because if you go back throughout the history of her time on the main roster, yeah. they've always suppressed somebody who was hotter for her. They did it to Sasha. They did it to Oscar. They tried to do it to Becky because remember Becky was supposed to be the heel in that feud. Mm. It was not supposed to be where Becky is this baby face. It was supposed to be Becky turns on her best friend. Charlotte overcomes her and then Charlotte holds the shield for the women's division at WrestleMania and beats Ronda Rousey. But to Ronda Rousey's credit, now we, we, we can knock on her. After the Survivor Series angle or when she had her nose broken, it was Ronda Rousey who went to Vince McMahon and said it has to be Becky Lynch. It should not be Charlotte. So you got to give her credit for that. She said, hey, Becky is the one who the fans want. That's the match I want too. And so Charlotte got added in. But my point is, every time somebody gets super hot, they will always knock that person down a peg as it relates to Charlotte. Because for whatever reason, she has to have all the title reigns. She has to have the first. And honestly, so as much as I don't like Ronda Rousey and, and a lot of her antics, and it's not Charlotte's fault. That's how they book her. At the same time, Charlotte doesn't do anything to say, you know what, Vince? I don't think I should keep hurting all these other women who are getting hotter than me. Don't book me over, put them over. She doesn't say that because if you read her book and I've read her book, um, you know, she has a very detailed chapter in 2015 and 2016 about how, you know, her and Sasha had real heat. They didn't like each other because, you know, when she was so hot after the Bailey match in Brooklyn, Sasha's like, why am I not getting the belt from Nikki? Why are you getting it? You get no reaction. Nobody is, nobody even cheers for you. They, they chant my name at your matches. And Charlotte's like, no, 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 you know, I should get it. Then I can give you the belt and make you a bigger star. And she's like, no, like, 
this doesn't make any sense that she complained about it. And Ric Flair actually is the one who got Vince McMahon to change the booking decision at WrestleMania 32. Ric Flair is the one who went to, to Vince and said, you know, let Sasha chase more because it's too soon to give her the belt. Let her chase Charlotte more. And that's why Charlotte got the win. So, you know, yeah. as much as we want to rag on Ronda Rousey, Charlotte's just as much to blame for this division going cold as anything else. I mean, she, she, she really hurt Asuka by beating her. Yes, she did. But, I mean, is that, can we say that that's Charlotte? But like you said, Charlotte could go and say, hey, blah, blah, blah. Let's just be real. We, anybody who, who's paying attention could tell they're trying to book Charlotte like the second coming of her father. Yeah. You know, who's a yeah, multiple-time world heavyweight champion. And they're trying to build her the same way and book her the same way. Um, she could go and say, yeah, I'm not the hottest, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't let me put it over. She really should not have went over on Oscar. That was just dead wrong. Uh, that was terrible. I, I don't think Oscar's ever recovered from it. I mean, even having the, the championship right now, I don't think her career in the WWE has ever recovered from that loss. It's not the same. She has not had the same star power. She hasn't had the same fire to her. She doesn't get no. the same reaction anymore. It's kind of like dull her and, down to where she's a flat line. Yeah, WrestleMania and, is you know, my, she might be facing Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I think she's fighting Lacey. I think she's fighting Lacey Evans, but the thing about um, the thing about Asuka that's really disappointing, and it's not her fault, it's, it's the company's fault, is if they have let Asuka stay undefeated, we could have got at WrestleMania on one women's match, Asuka against Ronda Rousey. On the other, you could have got the four horsewomen with the four-way. Like, if they had really booked this thing properly, you don't need to have Charlotte, Becky, and now you do, but you could have had undefeated Asuka, undefeated Ronda Rousey. Both had the arm bar. Both have that kind of MMA style to them. I thought that would have been such an awesome match at WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey. It would have been. That would have been pretty cool. But they didn't do it because, and the thing about Asuka, the other thing about what they've done with Asuka that really pisses me off is why have her beat Becky Lynch if you're going to pretend like it didn't happen? Because that's what they've done. They pretty much want you to forget that she beat Becky Lynch clean. And then why Then why have her win? Why don't you just have her lose? And have Becky have yeah, the belt, yeah. have Ronda have her own belt. Yeah. Asuka topped, uh, tapped out Becky too, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tapped out. Yeah, clean. I think that's what I led to her being a badass too, right? They was trying to... No, nah, that's what I was saying. I believe um, that loss that Becky had through to Oscar via the armbar or whatever, which kind of led to her changing attitude. Well, she didn't lose to the armbar. She lost to like a, a, a rear naked choke thing. Yeah, but the Oscar lock. It's almost problem, like a chicken wing. Oscar lock. Yeah. yeah, but the problem with that yeah. that loss is they have told the Becky story, which was the easiest thing in the world to book, so badly because. Becky, think about it, right? If you really break it down, Becky whined her way to the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Won the match when she really didn't belong in it. Yeah. And then, you know, she got into WrestleMania because Ronda Rousey punched her in the face or in the stomach and she snuck her way in. Like, they want to make Becky the female Stone Cold. That's not how Stone Cold was booked. He would never, he would have, you know what Becky should have done? After the bell rang, she was like, I don't want it this way. I want to beat Charlotte 
myself. And that's what a real baby face does not smile in the corner. Like, yay, I cheated and I got in. It's like she attacks people from behind with the crutch. Like, it's like, they don't know how to get out of their own way when it comes to somebody who gets hot. And I've seen this too many times in the last, like what, 10 years, like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Tasha Banks, Bailey, Becky, um, you know, they get in their own way of people who are organically over and they say, no, you know what, you got over on your own, but we don't want to do that. Let's add WWE writing to it and ruin everything. Like, um, I can't remember which article I read about, like, when, when, when Bailey and Sasha went back to NXT and the, the reaction they got. And it, like, it just gives you a spotlight how, of how poorly Vince has booked both of them, but especially Bailey. I mean, Bailey's one of the all-time ball drops that they had in their yeah, life. Like, she, Bailey could be pretty yeah. money for them right her, now. Nakamura, her, Nakamura, and Balor. Oh, yeah, Nakamura, yeah. too. Nakamura's one. Finn Balor, Finn Balor. Which I want to... Which I want to get into Balor actually. In a go ahead, bit. go ahead. Look, I mean, we okay. didn't spend a lot of time on the on the women's and whatnot, which is nothing. Yeah, let's go to Balor. Balor, Balor. Everyone yeah, we can go to the first of it. He dropped the title, obviously, the Lashley recently. No one really knows why. I'm just. What do you guys? What are the What are the big? I I know nothing. I heard they're trying to build him up for the world title. Is what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. and that's why he dropped the title I, to. Um, I I wonder if he's gonna. What's he doing at Mania though? They all the advertising I heard posters. The, the, have him as the demon. Taker. That's what's Taker. Yeah. I think that'd be That's I want to do that. Hey, hey. Uh, hey, 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 goddamn. No, no, hey, no, hey, no. Hey, 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 goddamn it. We ain't going to have this bullshit again. <laughs> God damn it. I'll no, be, that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I'm going to be I'm gonna be at WrestleMania this year, and I don't want to be there yelling at my camera like I did last year in New Orleans talking about go the fuck home. <laughs> See, I've never oh, seen the Undertaker in Mania, so I wouldn't mind seeing it. All right, but well, yeah, I can understand what that's just my the childhood perspective. Like, cool, I'd love to see Undertaker Mania, but I still foresee the, the, the Undertaker right, go the fuck home. The rumor, the rumor is it's going to be the Demon against the Phenom, and the reason this match got thrown together is one, the Undertaker likes working with smaller guys; he always has. Number two, when the Undertaker booked himself for Starcast. And that caused a lot of rumors about, oh, is he going to AEW? Mm-hmm. You know, is he leaving WWE? Vince, I heard, didn't like seeing him on AEW-type posters and said, okay, you know, what do you want to do at Mania if you really want to match? Because his the plan was, the original plan was Undertaker was going to go into the Hall of Fame this year. He was not going to wrestle. Yeah. yeah. That's and, why I and Vince and Vince was going to be the one. Vince has only put Steve Austin in the Hall of Fame, and then the other person he would put in was the Undertaker as his greatest kind of character creation. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening is he, you know, I guess didn't Undertaker still wants to wrestle. Like he still feels like he can go. He got his hip surgery. Feels like he's in really good shape. And he wants to take independent bookings. Like he's willing to go and work at a new Japan or work at a, you know, ring of honor or whatever. And Vince, like, no, you know, you're, you're WWE guy. So apparently it's, you know, potentially, and I don't know if Finn's going to actually win the match. Cause to me, I feel like if you're going to make him the demon, he has to win. Cause he doesn't yeah. lose as the demon, but that's the match. But do you think they'd let Finn beat Undertaker at Mania? With, see, that's how they can fill this up in three weeks. I don't like this. I don't, I don't like, like it. I don't like it neither. 
And I'm really big on Finn Balor. I've been big on him since he was Prince Devitt. Uh, I don't like this at all, and I don't yeah. think they would work well together neither. I really don't. Maybe 10 Rob years ago. Rob just doesn't like The Undertaker or Balor. I don't like <laughs> either one of these people. Fuck them both. <laughs> that would be that would be I will never say that. Oh, man. This is just like amalgamation of all the things that I don't like coming together in one I don't, place. I don't. <laughs> I do not want to see that match. I don't want to. No, not at all. No, oh. I, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. But think about it. All right, so actually, we should get it. Who do you think Kurt Angle is going to have in his retirement match? Yeah. It's John Cena. Has to be John Cena. Uh, yeah. yeah, but a lot, no. of people, a lot of people are saying it, and it's killing me inside Baron Corbin. No. 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 It has if to WWE, be. So, think. Well, think about the angle. The angle is Kurt Angle is picking his opponent. Of his last match, of all the people in the world he could wrestle, AJ Styles, um, and it's not AJ, obviously. It's, it, it has to be one of two guys. Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. his biggest TNA feud, or John Cena, because it's perfect. He got John Cena, like, his first match on TV. Yeah. John Cena put him in the Hall of Fame. Now John Cena gets to retire him. And I, I think, think should for Kurt, I mean... Like if it if he was alive, obviously his last match would have always been Eddie Guerrero. But he's not alive, so it has to be John Cena. And to me, I always wanted this gimmick to happen, which was our truth does the U.S. Open Challenge at Mania, and his childhood hero John Cena comes out. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting but, on too. You know, they never they never do that. Like they never just book something that's simple. I want to see Kurt Angle against Mojo, or I want to see him against John Cena. That's it. I don't care about anybody else. Like to me, they won't I don't it's, not be, it's not going to be Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe is all wrapped up in that U.S. title thing on SmackDown. I don't see. I think it's going to yeah. be Cena because I've heard either what I've heard from Angle. Pretty much what Angle was said. What I read is he either wants to put a new guy over. Or have someone like Cena. So this is this is what I see about okay. that. Um, when I see all the because WWE posted um some p- potential matches that could happen, and it had Roman Reigns, The Undertaker, Shelton Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin, Benjamin, John Cena, uh, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. So yeah. when I when I seen all those, the first thing I saw was John Cena because of the fact that you guys already stated that was Cena's first match coming in and it would be poetic for it to be his last match going out. Um, another thing that I've seen that came to mind just kind of from WWE storyline purposes or whatever, I mean, not the Baron Corbin shit, fuck him, but Drew yeah, McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Because mm. like... I, I, I don't want to see Drew McIntyre against Roman. I think Drew's fighting Roman Reigns. I think that one's yeah, on. See, that's yeah. the thing. And that's the thing. I was a little ticked off about the whole Roman Reigns-Drew match because yeah, I'm happy Roman's healthy. I'm happy he's back. I'm actually a Roman fan. But Drew's going to get a push. But obviously, you know he's not going to lose. He's not going to beat Roman at Mania. But then I thought about it. I think Roman's starting to get to that level of capacity that even if you're in a match with him at Mania and losing, it's still a good thing, kind of. Kind of like if you were to face Cena. Well, I mean, let's look at, statistically speaking, in the history of the WWE, Roman Reigns is the only person to main event four straight WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Hogan's main evented three in a row. Roman Reigns is the only one to ever main event four in a row. So that is a big deal, considering that in the history of this company, Roman Reigns is the guy who's main evented the most consecutive WrestleMania. That's crazy to think about it. An- another it's, reason I did it's a booking, though. I think another reason yeah. to be seen and think about it. We're all not 
quote unquote sick. You guys that legitimately might be sick of Cena. But you know how everyone's like, oh, well, here comes Cena. Who's he going to bury at Mania? I think a lot of the fans will respect it. Cena, like, all right, well, Cena's, yeah, he's here at Mania, but he's fighting in Kurt Angle's last match. Mm-hmm. I, I love Cena personally. I, I think he's underrated. Yeah. I, I like him better I, now I, than I, I did I agree, years I, ago. I agree. I agree Cena's underrated. He's been the most consistent WWE draw of all time. Not the biggest the most consistent because he's been on top for like damn near 13, 14 years. Whereas like a stone cold, a Hogan, like they had their five, six year run savage, but Cena's been the guy for so long, man. And we, we do take it for granted. I think what hurt me on Cena was that year where him and Randy Orton main evented every pay-per-view. Yeah. I can't remember what year it was. It was just awful. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like, the booking. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, is people hate these guys or they they get sick of them. They dislike them. They're disliking them because of the booking of Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon. They're not disliking the actual guys because John Cena is a great person inside and outside the ring. And he's a solid performer. And you're not going to meet anybody better on the damn mic than Cena. Cena can sell uh, a match against yeah. any fucking body. Yeah. Cena's a complete performer. I mean, he's had some of the greatest matches of all time. He's drawn a lot of money. He's a great ambassador. He puts uh, in everyone says I mean, it, but he's he great. I mean, I have yeah. I have so much respect for Cena, and I think Cena. Um, you know, I love. I mean, I I like Cena, but I really love the Thugonomics version of him. But you know, like he he's a guy that is underrated. He's put Punk over. He put Brian over. He put. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys. I mean, he's put a lot of guys over. Reigns, he put over. Yep. Ambrose, he put, he over, put Kev, over. He put over Kevin Owens. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah, he put over Kevin Owens. He put over. He over I mean, that too. Yeah, I mean, put he, over he put over Nakamura. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He puts guys over, and he doesn't have a problem putting his shoulders down. He he doesn't ever bitch and complain. In all honesty, I think he wanted to put a lot more people over in the WWE's booking wouldn't let him. Um, uh, yeah, and then, then I just kind of, uh, then you come to see that toward the latter end of his career or whatever. I mean, I, I like Cena, but I've come to like him more so toward the end now rather than I did in the beginning. But you I know mean, what? he loves the business, dude. Mm-hmm. There's no you know one who loves I the business you, like he goes. I bet you if Cena came out on Raw tomorrow and did something in completely is a hundred percent heel. I bet you the whole WWE universe would want John Cena back full time. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'd he'd love it. The, he'd be the hottest thing. Love it. He, he'd be the hottest thing could, in WWE if John Cena turned legit. But could heel. you imagine at WrestleMania, I heard when I joined the call, somebody said they're a huge Seth Rollins fan. I love Seth Rollins too. He's great. Oh, yeah, imagine at Mania, Seth wins, he beats Lesnar, Reigns comes out, and then destroys Rollins and turns heel. The next be night cool. on Raw, he'd be that the hottest cool. thing in the in business. See, I don't, like I don't think just it would like, happen. Yeah. I would love for that to happen, honestly, but it won't because I don't think they would do something like that mid-card. Because you already know Rollins and Lesnar is going to be like, 
upper mid card on that match. You know what I mean? I mean, th- those two worked real well together. I don't know if anybody else remembers the triple threat with yeah. Lesnar and Rollins and Cena, but Rollins and Lesnar work really well together. Yeah. I think that's going to be yeah. a, a great match. And then they had a, uh, a pretty decent match um, know, at, the, at the show that we went to, uh, Nick, um, the yeah, Battleground, battleground match. That was insane. Even though it was kind of cut short because The Undertaker came out, but the what? 10 minutes, 15 minutes they had was a good match. Mm-hmm. See, the thing I'm going to yeah, like more, I think about this Lesnar-Rollins match than that one. Well, that one, Rollins was acting like a chicken shit scared of Lesnar like anyone does. Mm-hmm. This time, he's not. He's going to be aggressive. So I think this is probably going to be their best match together. I think it's a potential show yeah, to and we just don't realize I it think yet. it is, too. Yeah, I agree. From what I can understand, he actually up to him. He doesn't. He doesn't want to work with like Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre. He only wants to work with Balor, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins because they sell for him so much better than anybody else, and he has real fun with them. Like I guess you know he's he's very he was very into the whole Finn Balor um, almost beating him, Daniel yeah. Bryan almost beating him. Like he really likes those guys. And from what I've heard and read about him, he's actually a pretty good guy backstage. Like he's not a mean guy or he doesn't like flex his muscle. Like he's a, he's a little business. He's a complete mercenary. Yeah. That's, that's what we spoke about earlier before you came on. Yeah. And then said, you know what? You're going to go out and lose for Hawkins. That's going to include great. I don't care. He doesn't care. Like he actually doesn't care about like wins and losses because yeah, and you know what it is, too? I bet you in a way with Lesnar, think about it. If he's going to have, I bet you, and you, I guess I could be a thousand wrong. I could just be thinking his mindset, how I would think. He doesn't mind putting on a show with violence and things like that. I think because he knows, and we all know in real life, he would eat them up. But when you put him against a dude yeah. like Strowman, I could see why Lesnar would want to destroy him. Because it's like, all right, dude, you guys know what I'm capable of. I don't care how big this dude is. You're not going to make him destroy you. Well, I mean, Lesnar doesn't, doesn't like working with Strowman either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he don't like Strowman he injured him. Yeah, because Strowman has potatoed him a couple of times, and I guess Brock has almost beat the shit out of him for real. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You, well, he's he's potatoed the Rumble. Brock potatoed the fuck out of him in a match. Yeah. Yeah, he potatoed his ass. And Strowman, Strowman, and Brock, and Lesnar was telling him to blow the fuck down, and then Lesnar literally clocked him with a right hand in the ring. Yeah, he stole the fuck out of him in the jaw because he he was potatoing him. And Lesnar is not a person you want to potato because mm. he, he kind of loses himself in those matches sometimes. He starts shot on a few people accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen He's a big dude. But um, yeah. let, let's start to wind this down a little bit. We got uh, the main event of the show to where we tell... A uh, couple of choice people are situations to go the fuck home. All right, we're gonna Ooh, go. Let me start that. Yeah, we we're gonna go ahead uh, with uh, Nick's choice of a candidate to go the fuck home because we kind of spoke on him before, and we're just gonna go ahead and finish it off now. Who who you bring into the chopping block to uh, go the fuck home? Vince McMahon. And elaborate. Tell us why. Other than so what my, we've already talked about. My yeah yeah. So my opinion is. It needs to be Triple H, because obviously we see what happens at NXT. Almost every TakeOver weekend, TakeOver, or probably does, in something my eyes most of the time, steals the show compared to the WWE pay-per-view. Triple H listens 
observed, knows what talent, knows what to do. I bet you if you let Triple H, if you gave Triple H the whole WWE roster and he had complete control from a Rumble to Mania, that would be the most stacked Mania card. Yes. Because you'd probably have an insane ladder match with like Ricochet and all Adam Cole and all these people. You know what I mean? You'd have, obviously you would definitely have Ciampa and Gargano on there. Like Triple H, I just think his mind, he's, he's with the times. I think that's what it is. Yes. Triple H. Yep. So that's my, my opinion on it. I don't know if anyone else wants that, to add That's anything. actually the, nobody's going to beat that answer. That's actually the best answer. You can't beat that one. Yep. Well, that, that's just, yep. Yeah, I mean, but I, I'm going to try. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's not my turn. No, 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 no. Go go ahead. Just like, I thought you were elaborating on that, but. Oh, I just want to see Ricochet and Alice the Black and Mania. End of story. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna, that Alistair Black entrance at WrestleMania is going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> well, I heard the yeah. rumors real quick, not not to go on a tangent. Just I know the rumor, I think they're going to do another match. Aren't they supposed to be doing Revival, Gable and Rude, and them? Mm-hmm. I think that's just going to be another match at Mania, even though they just did it. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Next uh, candidate on the chopping block comes to us from Mr. Anomaly. Uh, who, who are you putting up? To go the fuck home. I am put. I'm gonna get a little political here. Uh, I'm putting the governor of the great state of Kentucky, Matt Bevin, on the chopping block. This motherfucker can go the fuck home. Now let me explain to you why. One, he's not even from here. He's not from Kentucky. He's from Denver, Colorado. Um, the current things that we have a problem with this guy right now is there's three major cities in Kentucky. Okay, you have Louisville, where I live. You have Frankfort, and you have Lexington. The rest of it is small rural counties where people are kind of like out of sight from everybody else, okay? It's pretty desolate. You got three main metro areas, okay? None of the three metro areas wanted this dipshit elected, okay? But somehow he's done gotten elected, and the first thing he did was he funneled a lot of money out of the city, and he built a ark, like Noah's Ark, and turned it into a fucking theme park, okay? Um this was not something for the state of Kentucky. This was actually an independent um, investment of itself, which he is um, getting most of the benefits and rewards of. Now, he has declared war on the public school systems in Kentucky. Um, it has gotten so deep that our school teachers here in Kentucky, uh, they actually called in sick for like two weeks so they could protest in Frankfurt because he was trying to pass a bill uh, cutting the funds of public schools for a thing called charter school systems to where um, he owns stock in charter schools. And what it basically is is a funnel scheme to where he could take taxpayers' money and get it into his own bank account and destroy the public school system. The same thing has actually been done in Michigan and Arizona, which it nearly has completely bankrupted Michigan completely. And that's how it happened. This is what you call a funnel scheme. Um, the only reason this dipshit gets elected here is because he is supported by President Donald Trump, uh, who the majority of these people in these rural counties, they just say, yeah, this Donald Trump guy. He don't like black people. Yeah, let's vote for whoever he tells us to vote for. And this dipshit has gotten elected. What he is trying to do right now is destroy the economy in the state of Kentucky and put it in his own bank account. And then he can go back to his little ranch in Denver, Colorado. So he can go to fuck home. Sweet. I agree. Uh, Adrian, I know you, I, I, I don't, there's nothing else to say about that. He's laid it all out for me. I don't, you know. I have spent more time in Kentucky because of my work. I've been to Louisville, Lexington. I've even been to Pikeville. 
good people. Yeah. Um, great basketball state for sure. And home of Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, we are. So, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to say, here's, here's my go the fuck home. I want Dave Meltzer to go the fuck home. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. On so many different levels of yes. And, and the reason I want Dave Meltzer to go the fuck home is because just like the first, just like Nick said, how the business is kind of passed Vince McMahon by, I think the age of wrestling has passed Dave Meltzer by because everything about Dave Meltzer is if you're from Japan, you're the best. If you're from the United States or WWE, you suck. And he has personal agendas. He has personal biases. He likes who he likes. He rates people on a curve if he's friends with them or not. So the Young Bucks will always get four and a half. You know, Cody will always get four and a half. Um, Kenny Omega will always get seven. And it's like he, he goes on his rants about how, you know, the wrestling that WWE is putting out, nobody likes. And the wrestling that people all over the world are putting out, that's what they like. But okay. Here's my fundamental problem with this idiot. He said, this was two days ago, that only Ring of Honor showed financial growth in 2018 as a wrestling company. Yet the WWE signed the two biggest TV deals in the history of the business. The stock price was at an all-time high, and no company has ever made more money, either revenue or a profit, than the WWE. But he pretends like, they're not making all this money. Like he goes out of his way to downgrade the attendance numbers or oh, the house show business. Like WWE's house show business is not what it used to be in the Austin Ross days. That's true. But the business has also changed. People don't like to go out as much. People like to watch on TV more, high definition, WWE network. So for this guy to go out of his way and to continually badmouth WWE, look, I don't think any of us like everything about WWE. That's why we're having, we're on these type of podcasts. But to say that they're not successful at what they do and to say that fans are running away in droves, well, let's just put it this way. Ring of Honor, New Japan, all the wrestling companies in the world, if they combined their viewers, it still wouldn't add up to WWE. It just wouldn't. So he could go the fuck home because he's a reporter. He's supposed to be unbiased. He is not supposed to give me his opinion. He's supposed to give me facts. And he does not give me facts. He gives me his opinion because he and Vince McMahon have not liked each other for a long time. And he's taking it out by trying to badmouth the WWE. So that's mine. I literally couldn't agree with you on it any more of a level. I, 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 I do, too. And I mean, look, I, I honestly, I think I did a podcast on here with Rob about a month ago where I actually said, I don't see ring of honor last in another five years. So for him to say they have financially grown, I honestly think their product has gotten very stale. Mm. So, um, Meltzer's Meltzer must've been on Xanax or something when he said that, cause that's just fucking stupid. <laughs> the WWE doesn't yeah. lose money. That's- <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. But man, we, we've had a lot of highs. We've had a lot of lows in this whole thing or whatnot. So I believe this is a good enough point to go ahead and wind it down. Nick, you up front. Go ahead and uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. 
Instagram and Twitter, Nick, N-I-C-K, Anacelli, A-N-N-I-C-E-L-L-I. And Anomaly, what we got next? You can get me up on Twitter at Anomaly49, on Facebook, Christopher Yates. And like I said, my Facebook friends list right now is like the Section 8 list. You get approved when you get approved. And Instagram, where you can see my 22 and a half inch pythons in my shirt off. Anomaly 4949. Go ahead, Ajar. All right. You can just find me on Twitter at King Ajar, K-I-N-G-A-J-A-R, for my hot takes on professional wrestling, sports, and that's pretty much what I keep it to at this point. Yeah. So on behalf of myself and Nick Anacelli, Anomaly, and King Ajar. We bid you a fond adieu, and we'll see you next time. Peace.